Hi everybody, welcome to yet another episode of Holy Puck, uh, your best source of hockey news, views and abuse. I am of course John, this is Cameron, and we are presented to you by Cheap Say Hockey again. How are you Cameron? You know what, I'm smashing. It's are you smashing. excited it's that hockey's Wednesday, back? I kind of feel like the week's nearly over. It was a busy day in hockey today, very busy day. It's a busy day in life, because it's a busy day in hockey, it's a busy day at work. You and I actually have a little social outing tomorrow night. We're getting some some hot dogs and going to the basketball. Oh, yes. Tins and dogs. There's nothing quite like that. I'm going to be wearing a patented white guy jersey, so I'm going to be having a great time. Are you wearing the Detlef Shrimp jersey I got you? Well, it's either that or it's John Stockton or it's a couple other pieces that I got in the closet. Who knows? Who knows? I feel like you, I feel like shrimp. Do you exclusively own jerseys from dorky players? I only own dorky white dude jerseys because I am, in fact... A dorky white guy, thus making it doubly hilarious. Good on you for owning it, though. Hey, yeah, I've actually I've been stopped before, and dudes have gone, "Hey, sweet shrimp jersey." <laughs> True story. <laughs> the, jer- the, the jersey I've got the most ever daps on is my Reggie Miller Dream Team jersey. Every time I leave the house, and the dudes are like, "Wow!" I'm like, "Yeah, that's right. Soak it up, boys." You're like, "Yep, it's a grey market that I bought for fourteen dollars." Fuck you. No, no, dude, it's a legit champion one from the Olympic release. Like, my friend bought it for me for my birthday many moons ago. Wow. I'm not it's, very impressed. It's super I, legit. I, I applaud you on how excellent that is. But it kind of feels like the week's already done, because it's a Wednesday, but we've got basketball tomorrow night. I've got hockey before work on Friday, which will kind of put me in the mood of, like, eh, it's casual Friday. Am I really working? Like, I'm working, but I don't feel like I'm working. It's... It's a good little segue into the weekend, really. Well, I'm probably going to have Friday off, making Friday John Day, making it John's going to poo in his with the door open and drink tinnies all day. So it's going to be a great well, day. I might actually have to have Friday off as well because I need to finalize some stuff for um, a bunch of passports for some, some pending holidays for yours truly. So oh. I might actually need to have the day off as well and spend it in the passport office. It actually takes a full day to do that, so I suggest you do that. Anyway, well, if I get there nice and early, it might only take me half a day, and then I can spend the other half of the day eating hot dogs and doing dumb shit. Yeah, I was going to say eating hot dogs with no pants on and flicking your bean, but whatever floats your boat. Let us roll through our first segment, which is quick and not-so-shit hits. Cameron, kick us off. Well, before we get into the dot points that I've so kindly and you know cleanly organized and planned out for us let's just say your you know, formatting game this, is off the charts this kind of this, this kind of top-notch comedy doesn't just happen guys by the way a lot of planning goes into the what seems to be casual banter that you get with the holy puck team yeah aka cam spending all day writing it and me reading it five minutes before the show i wouldn't say spending all day i'd say maybe like you know two-thirds of a day yeah but like i mean in between actual work you know Nah, like, to be fair, I basically do it on my commute and on my lunch break. That's how dedicated we are to you, the listener. Yeah, good on good on Google Drive. Oh, love it. Get around that file sharing. Hey, anyway, before we get into these, you know, smashing dot points, though, I'm going to announce something. Oh. Oh, no. So the 2015-2016 the season, one of our key recurring themes was, in fact, Zajac Watch. Because you was Travis Zajac, got off to a flyer, we floated some wacky trade scenarios, some of them probably not so good in hindsight. But, you know, that, that made for a solid little storyline for the season. Hey, let's be honest, though, 20... that was great, and you know it. It was fantastic. <laughs> the 2016-2017 season, 
I kind of feel like we've already got our storyline, and let me hit you with it because we are now officially on Torts Watch. Oh, now, you know he's my favorite character in the NHL, and you know, you sandbagging son of a bitch, that he is my favorite coach of all time. Making him currently wearing clown shoes behind the bench, excellent fodder for us to make fun of him for weeks on end. And let's be honest, well, he does a great job of making fun of him himself. He does a great job. It's, it's not just that Columbus look like a tire fire already, and it's not just that his performance with Team USA has already made him look fully cooked. It's all of these things together. I think it's pretty obvious that he's easily in the top three coaches who are going to get fired first up this year. Easily. Well, so I do. There's no way I, that I he's not think... the first one to get fired. Like I can't even pick anyone else right now who sucks just as as bad as he does. So so I mean so publicly, you know what I mean? Like everyone's like, well, who sucks right now? Well, obviously, John Tortorella. Like, come on. I think other coaches must love him because if they feel like they're on the hot seat, they go, yeah, but you know what? Yeah. At least when the courts. Yeah, they're like, hey, have you seen Columbus lately? And then the GM's like, actually, good point. Keep going. <laughs> But um, yeah, look, I, I do think the torts and his piss stained khakis are in a world of trouble. Um, I agree. And to be fair, I don't think he's a shit coach. I just think he's no longer a relevant coach in the modern NHL. And I think his biggest issue, like a great many senior managers and a great many businesses, is he can't communicate with his young talent. He's just not on the same page as his young talent. No, he's very good at screaming at veterans. And unfortunately, there's no such thing as a team full of veterans. Well, a team full of veterans that wins. Well, I mean, if you look at it like this, if you look at it like any big business, culture starts at the top, right? And I mean, if he's the, if he's the head of the totem pole for the Columbus Blue Jackets culture, Jesus Christ, you are not in a good way, my friends. Uh, no. So pointing at the sidelines and getting excellent photos and being our cover photo in everything, whilst is a great achievement, is not going to make you a winner in the short term or even long term or even medium term or even in any term to be honest i was thinking about this right if they made a movie about torts's life or you know particular parts of his life i think you would want pulp fiction era christopher walken doing it i think that could be fucking hilarious i feel like it would start like forrest gump on the bench yeah i i <sighs> The reason, like, I, I kind of, I'm a bit annoyed at you now because you kind of derailed where I was heading. With it. <laughs> I was basically, I, I basically wanted to get to a joke about Torts having to remove fob watch from his ass on the bench, <laughs> um, and you, you derailed my bit. But yeah, that's cool. Like, I, I can see the forest, uh, the forest gum tangle as well. Did I do it intentionally, Cameron? I don't know. You tell me. I don't think you did it intentionally. I just, you, you know, it's, it's it's your journey, man. You do what you got to do. It's your journey, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. All right, so now we, we've officially announced that we're on Torch Watch for the season. And let me tell you, it's going to be a great time when he gets fired later on this season. Um, probably 35 or games. Or next week, yeah, whichever. I, no, I reckon they'll give him 35 games because that's what that's what GMs do. And then they'll realize they've got 50 left to try and make the playoffs and they're not gonna. So it's going to be really, really funny time for us. It's going to be comedy gold. And then halfway through the season, it'll give us something else to make fun of. So it's pretty. It's decent. Imagine if coaches. Imagine if coaches had a shelf life like rookies, where they got the nine game the nine game trial run, and then after those nine games, they got to decide do you stay with the big club and continue to develop, or do you need to go and spend more time in the minors? So imagine after nine games of torts thinking up the like torts. <laughs> it's not send worth it to the now. affiliate. We're going to go send you to work at Burger King. 
you're going to manage the drive through there. And if you can demonstrate <laughs> some solid managerial skills and communication with the kids, up you come, we'll get son. you back up to the big club after the all-star break. What do you say? What do you say? <laughs> that would actually be great. What you're talking about is an apprenticeship scenario, and I'm a big fan. I basically just want to see John Tortorella in a visor because I think that'd be great. Yeah, a visor and an, and an apron or a schmock, some might even go as far as saying. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to Photoshop the shit out of that tomorrow. You definitely will. I'm, I'm hanging for an MS Paint collage. <laughs> All right, you know what? We should jump right into our actual points because, boy, oh boy, can we waffle. We can, and we've got a lot, so we might even need to cut it short due to some earlier technical difficulties, but we'll see where I don't, we I don't think we will. I think we're going to roll hard. I think we're going to give the people what they want. This is what they want. It's what they like, and we're going to give it to them. So you're talking content, Cameron? Yeah, that's what I was talking about, content. <laughs> of course. Anyway... Um, so, Marion Hossa today, Hossa, some might even say, is the 44th player in the league's history to score 500 goals. Good on you. We do Congratulations. Hate, we do hate the Hawks, though, but he, no, we can't hate him because he lives next door to Zanato Chara, so it's pretty good for him. Do we do we call him Marion Hossa, or should we call him Mr. Chara's best friend? I, I feel like Mr. we should, just, best we should change Marion Hossa every time we mention him to just Chara's mate. Well, you know how no one calls Shane Gostas Bear that anymore? It's just Ghost Bear or yeah. Ghost. Or Ghost or Bear. I think moving moving forward, whenever we're going to talk about Marion Hosa, we simply need to say Z's best friend. Yeah, I'm in. All right. And also, that's another Pulp Fiction reference because we just said Z. Remember? Z, Z, Z. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's two already. Jeez, it's going to be a long show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the Kings, the Ducks, the Blues... And the Canes are all currently winless with three or four games played so far. Oh, it's going to be a long season. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we expected the Ducks and the BJs to stink out of the gate. And whilst it's not the end of the world because it's a very small sample size, what is worrying is the style of play that we have seen from those teams. Um, and I guess we'll touch more on this a little later. I think the Kings are, the Kings are a lot more flawed than we all thought. So and perhaps the rain is over. They're going to take a little longer to gel than we had all hoped as well. So I will say, again, though, having watching watched a lot of the Canes footage this year because I sit next to a Canes fan, um, they look better than they did last year. But that being said, they didn't look great last year. So, they, I mean, they've got more youth and the youth are a little more offensive-minded. So that's good. But I think it's still a couple of seasons off being anywhere near a decent run. I was listening to another podcast earlier in the day, or it might have been yesterday. It doesn't matter, really. It does. Um, They're not as funny as they, they, Well, God, no, who is? But they made a really good point when we're discussing teams, you know, who are on the up, and we say, oh, they're a lot better than they were last year. That's a really good point. But something which is so ridiculously obvious, and we never kind of stop and discuss it, is that that's cool. The Hurricanes look better than they did last year. But the other teams who were better than them, do they look better than they did last year as well? Chances are yes, right? So, like, Which means, at... have the Hurricanes done enough to take the next? And obviously, this is just a small example, but... Probably not. Is saying, That's actually like, a good point. Yeah, the Hurricanes look better than they did last season is cool. But really... But if the other, if the other teams in their div all look better than they did last season... Well, then they're just as shit as is they it, were. Is it irrelevant? Well, it's, it's you're right. It's almost a moot a point, and I... I actually agree with you. Like all the other teams around the Canes have gotten significantly better, making it even tougher for them. So they need to take it to the next level. It's like you know, if you're chugging down on beers and the dude next to you has got a whole pint, 
and the dude next to him's got a beer bong, you're like, well, excuse me and my small balls, they're going to have a rough time. That's just how it is. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he had a pot, and I was going to say the only reason you should be drinking his pot is so you've got something to drink while you're waiting for your pint. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, you and your grown man balls. Um, I know, right? Yeah. Hey, I, I want to get on this. While we're talking about offense, so one of the big storylines over the past couple of seasons has been scoring. Uh, plenty of league officials have voiced their concerns that, you know, the modern defenses and bigger goalies and tightly regimented systems have uh, kept teams off the score sheet, which was having an adverse effect on ratings and fan enjoyment. I don't think they should have been worried because thus far we've seen a number of games that have blown out with five and six goal explosions. And the Rangers put seven goals on the defensively sound Sharks this week. Um, Similarly, this is exactly the same thing we talked about when we kicked off the podcast last year. That's right. Just a humble brag that we're in season two by Be The Way. Uh, we, <laughs> uh, we said exactly the same thing, that again, it is the, the officials and fans are saying not enough scoring, but when you actually look at the numbers, wrong. Heaps of scoring. And at this, this exact same time last year, we were saying exactly the same thing, that actually there's heaps of scoring going on. And if... You are a, a, an East Coast fan or a West Coast fan. You're going to see some games that have heaps of goals, up to ten in some games. But even the tighter games, like the games that finish three two or two one, still five goals. Know, that's, still a, that's still a combined three to five goals. That's still more than you're getting in most soccer matches. Uh, it's more than you're you getting know. in all soccer matches, my friend. But my point is, though, and even though I'm not a soccer fan, I do know enough about the sport that. You know, those fans are very happy to go and see a game that has one or maybe two scores. There is a lot of shared fans between the two sports as well. I think they greatly overestimated, um, you know, the impact that low-scoring games was having on fan enjoyment. Like, I like watching a clamp-down defensive game. But not every week, though. No, not every week, but you don't have to watch it every week because for every game where a team's playing a really good brand of defense and they're, they're really locking it down and keeping a low score, you flick to the next game on Game Center and the Rangers have put seven goals on or the Senators have put six goals on. Like You're always going to have options. If you want to watch run-and-gun hockey, flick a Dallas Stars game on. Yeah, and so we, that's the thing we've been advocating for a long time is actually using your Game Center pl- pass for what it's designed for and it's watching multiple games at once and it's about getting involved and looking at the other teams and seeing what's coming up and I think it's a good point Cameron use your game set well, I, I, Don't I, just I watch agree your with team. you on that though too I think you've nailed it I, I think we're afforded the opportunity now with the media that we've got as a hockey fan and this applies to any other sport don't just watch your own team because if you're not happy with the, the amount of goals coming out of your own team um, are I'm a Bruins fan. I'm often not happy with the amount of goals coming out of my own team. That's not the brand of hockey they're playing at the moment. I'm shocked. There's Cameron. 30. There's, there's 29 other teams that you can check out that might fill that need for you. Most so of which don't will just, have a don't, game don't watch hockey with the with the fucking blinders on and just watch your team. Spread your wings a little. Check out some other games and your needs will be satisfied, including scoring. Wow, a couple of good open-ended jokes that I'll leave there, Cameron. So kudos. Um, so that's what, what I do. Yeah, yeah. So the next piece is, um, well, I guess, unfortunately, the Wings, a little bit of emotional uh, send-off this week. Well, they hosted their very last season opener at the Joe, um, and uh, yes. a bit of a tearjerker when they put together the tribute for, jo- uh, for Gordy. Good move. Um, kudos. Um, Greener notched his hattie. 
but in the preseason, he gave up almost every puck that he passed. So obviously, they must have done something in between the three days before the preseason and the actual season to make him stop sucking. But it's good to see them actually giving a full-on, like legitimate, you know, send-off to a, a good dude and an, an arena which has marked their history. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I was glad that they. I was glad that you know to to dumb it down a little bit. It was nice to see the boys show up and actually you know for a big occasion give the give the team and the fans a big occasion effort. Are you uh, suggesting which a lot Cameron of that they would were giving? Has been lacking in Detroit recently. Wow. Are you suggesting that the boys had previously been dogged, but at this at this particular juncture, Cameron, that they gave full credit to all of the boys. Mate, I think when you've got a defense like the Detroit Red Wing, you know, Red Wings is a fucking crapshoot as to what kind of effort you're going to get. But hey, <laughs> they, they got it done on this night. And more importantly, credit was given to the boys. Always the boys. Hey, I want to talk about the Buffalo Sabres for a minute because they're a wreck up front at the moment. Um, they've, done a, they've done a pretty good job thus far of uh, navigating the murky injury-laden waters that they are currently in, though. Um, you know, they have put up points, they have won a couple, well, they haven't won a couple, I mean, they've won one game and they've got some points in OT, so um, considering the injuries they're carrying, it's definitely better than a lot thought. Yeah, um, I mean, Jack Ryan O'Reilly dunked it from half-court. with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, I mean, um, you don't see Ryan O'Reilly dunking it from half-court every week, like, that's that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. But I mean, Jack Eichel's had a high ankle sprain. For those who aren't too familiar with the injury, it's quite common in uh, American football. And a high ankle sprain is particularly troublesome because it's actually better just to break it and then rehab, whereas a high ankle sprain can take six to eight weeks for it to fully heal. And it does impact the way football players run, which means in turn it is going to impact the way Jack will be skating afterwards. So it is going to affect his skating style. Um, in addition... Evander Kane got into a fight with the uh, boards and the boards kicked his ass and he's got a number of broken ribs. Now, some people have said we are not very nice for taking pleasure in other people's pain. He is clearly not a good person and it has been strongly insinuated that he has physically hit women in the past. So for me, I don't really give a fuck. And more importantly, instant karma is hilarious. Oh my God. Like karma is fantastic on, you know, at any occasion. But when it's so instantaneous like that, and when you can actually see the results, you're like, "Oh, that's some good karma." Yeah, that's some sweet, sweet karma. Oh man! But yeah, that's that's two thirds of the Sabres' top line in all sorts. So yeah, Kyle Poso must be fucking loving that seven-year deal. Yeah, or six-year deal or whatever it was. Well, let's talk about. Speaking of injuries, let's talk more about St. Louis and how they're not catching a break anytime soon with a trio of dudes out. Um, let me start with Latera, who's out, followed by Gunnison, and I can't even really pronounce this guy's last name. Oh, Kyle Brodziak. Brodziak. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I like that's going to be... He's a good player. He's an underrated player, actually. I like him. Of course he is, but let's be honest, it's going to be rough for them. Um, I mean, Jaden Swartz was out for quite a while last Great season, game. and um, Latera was also out. Both of those two were in and out of the lineup last season, so... Obviously, their injury woes are going to continue for the rest of this season as well as they're struggling to remain healthy. Unfortunate for the Blues because we're big Blues fans um, because obviously this is adding fuel to the fire of our Ken Hitchcock, uh, I guess, conspiracy theory at the minute. So it's going to be a very good season uh, on 
I guess, St. Louis Blues watch. The other reason this bums me out is obviously St. Louis lost the Rams to Los Angeles, so all their eggs really are in the Blues and Cardinals basket because oh. um, they don't have a basketball team. So it would be a shame to see the Blues get derailed by injuries this year because the fan base as a city is hurting. I would yeah. also like to say, too, the Blues are hosting the Winter Classic next year, and it's already sold out two and a half months out. Hey, that's pretty good. Well, I really dig it because there was some skepticism that um, – yeah, St. Louis could even fully sell out an outdoor game, not even sell it out, like get a get a, a good attendance going for it. So to sell the Winter Classic out a good, what is it, two odd months before it's going to happen, uh, I think it's a really good effort and it speaks very well uh, and reflects very well on the city as a whole and the way they are rallying behind their hockey team. So uh, I sincerely wish the St. Louis Blues the best and I hope they can uh, get past the injuries and have a good year. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Uh, they've obviously done a great job and you know I think the passing of the torch approach is going to be pretty funny for us to watch and play out on the podcast for months to come so it's going to be pretty pretty good pretty good um, yeah, what I think is pretty good the Oilers turned in a stinker on Sunday and they gave up six goals to Buffalo now that's not the good bit I really <laughs> like the response though they can they cancelled the league's mandated rest day and they enforced a full practice for the team now People are blowing up about this and they're talking about bargaining agreements and unions and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, Captain Connor McDavid was so incensed at his team's bad performance that he was the one that said, cancel the day off. We're going to have a, we're going to have a practice. I love it. This is a 19 year old telling his peers that they need to work harder. And rather than just telling them they need to work harder, he's insisting that, nah, we're going to do it together. I'm going to lead from the front. No day off. You can play Xbox another time. Get behind me. This is exactly what Edmonton leads. They haven't had this kind of leadership in fucking years. No, I'm a big fan. Like having him, who many of uh, many of many fans who have touted him as a bit of a pussy, um, are actually now you know he's saying bullshit. You need to get out there and you got to work for it. So kudos. Kudos, Day-Day. I've, been, uh, I've been so impressed by what I've seen from him in the first few games as well. And it wasn't just the pretty goals, and the pretty passes, and the pretty skating. Like, he took an absolute fucking hit from Giordano in the first game against the Flames. He bounced right back up like nothing had happened. He fetched his own puck, and he fed it back into their zone again. He, he is not just this gifted generational hockey player who needs... Um, you know, the Gretzky comparisons are there. And then, of course, everyone's saying, well, Gretzky had a wingman protecting him at all times. Yeah, they've got Luch there to protect him and Pat Maroon to protect him and all that. But I don't know how much protecting he's going to need in the long run because he seems very capable of riding a hit, shaking it off and going, all right, nice try. Now watch this. So maybe he's an under-the-radar legend and everyone's just been criticizing him because he's just that good. So I reckon that's cool. Yeah. Only time will tell. He's nineteen, so we need there's, the sample size is small. But that being said, I actually I've liked everything I've seen of him, and I, I find it hard to fault the kid. He's nineteen. Like I mean, I, my, my toenails aren't that old. Like holy shit, that dude's killing it. So who who are we, Cameron? Who are we, us Monday morning quarterbacks to to question the great the great day day? You know what I loved about him though, and you know, like I, I, I didn't want to lean on this comparison because we're on board the Sydney Crosby train now. But he took a couple of pretty nasty hits, and I didn't see him complain. He didn't open his mouth. He didn't look to the ref. He didn't throw his arm up. He picked himself up, and he went and fetched and fought for his own puck and got on with it. And if they blew the whistle, cool. 
he addressed it after the whistle. He didn't stop playing until the fucking whistle went. You don't. We saw carry on from Sid for years. We see carry on from Ovi if things don't go his way. I didn't see any carry on. I just saw a dude that said, "You know what? Rough hit. They didn't call it. I better go and get my own puck then." Yeah, I think I, 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 I totally agree. I know it whilst it doesn't make good listening because we usually disagree on most things. Um, I totally agree, and I, I think that only time will tell. But um, I like I said, I think under the radar legend, and I think it's definitely time to get on board the day day train. Love it, love it. Um. The Columbus Blue Jackets placed Gregory Campbell on waivers this week, and the re- which isn't that interesting. The reason I want to talk about it, though, after clearing waivers, they sent him down to the AHL affiliate. Campbell opted not to report and he's now been suspended while they try and work out what's going on. He seems like a nice enough dude. He was a valuable contributor for the Bruins 2011 Cup run. Um, Well-loved by our fan base and all that jazz. I'm an absolute warrior, but I'm not buying the PR bullshit that his manager and agent issued. They said that the reason he didn't report is because he'd be holding a younger developing player out of the AHL slot. Wrong. That's bullshit. He just didn't want to show that up. that player would be taking his spot in the <laughs> yeah. <big> club. <laughs> he just didn't want to show up. This is yet another example of a player who was getting way too big for their boots, suggesting that, no, I am not going to the small club. I'm an NHL player. I'm big time. Get around me. You, sir, are wrong. Look, and like I totally get it, right? <laughs> it's it, it, This is his life that he... he He's a 32-year-old man. Acting like a four-year-old. Hockey at this level, for him to be playing hockey at this level, though, he would have been playing since he was four or five years old. It's his life. It's all he knows. I imagine it would be really hard for after, what, 25-odd years, someone comes to you and says, you know what, man? You're not on the way up anymore. <laughs> You're not at your peak anymore. Your best is actually behind you. We don't know if we've got a role for you here anymore. That must be fucking hard to hear, dude. Like, not just for hockey players, for any professional yeah, but I, I think the, say, though, the old at the, end of the, the day, the slight in FYI the AHL, decline chat is going to be pretty rough to hear for anyone, to be honest. Yeah, but in the AHL, he's still going to be getting paid a six-figure salary to play hockey, any form of hockey, which beats carrying bricks all day for a job. So, dude needs a reality check. Like, yeah, you might not be what you were, and it might not be what you want, but getting paid to play hockey is still a whole lot better than what a lot of other people have to do for work. Yeah, I kind of think that these dudes needed us maybe. I don't know. I feel like chill and just realize that they're actually getting paid to play a game. That people that the main reason, the only reason why they're employed is because people enjoy watching them. They need to just harden the fuck up and actually play. Even if they're being, even if they see it as a downgrade, um, the fact is they're still contracted. And that worst case scenario, if they don't play, they'll get bought out. So I really find it difficult to listen to these. Uh, extremely well-played gentlemen complain about not playing at the big club and then chucking a tanty and then taking their bat and ball and going home. Yeah, I didn't rate it, man. I didn't rate it at all. <laughs> nah, not for me. Not for me. Also, you've written one last piece here about the ghost bear. What would you like to say about him, Cameron? He took a skate to the face against the Kings and he didn't even miss a shift. Now, Everyone's like, oh, he's an offensive D-man and he's light on his feet. Mate, that kid is hockey tough. The Ghost Bear can do it all. I want board. I want a jersey. I want a Team North America Ghost Bear jersey. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I would be fully down with the jersey, hey? Yeah. 
That's true. Not down with the not down with the sickness. Like we're not disturbed fans, but I'd be down with the jersey. Hey, you know what's funny? We're definitely not disturbed fans. I'm sure that there's a few that listen to this show, though. Hey, do you know I got to make a disturbed pun earlier today on the phone, actually, and I yeah, I really enjoyed myself, to be honest. Did you Did you dig it? Oh my god, dude! It was so good. <laughs> hey, so let's roll with the good news. Oh, John, I love the good news. I'm going to let you lead off, pal. Well. I actually really enjoyed this one today. Due to Ryan Miller being effectively ruled out due to extreme muscle soreness or even a, a sore heart muscle, um, Matt Hewitt of the University... Well, I thought you were going somewhere else for a minute. No, nah, no, nah, I thought I'd keep it clean. Um, <laughs> Matt Hewitt of the uh, University of British Columbia was called up today to play for the Knucks. Whilst not a dream team, probably a dream moment for him, and I reckon that is legendary. He was called up as a backup to Markstrom, who started and um, and then f- did finish the game, but he still got called up, he got paid, and what a legend. I love it, like because uh, there's been a few instances where this has happened, and I think it was um, might have been Florida, like their goalie coach had to suit up as an emergency for a game for whatever reason, but at the end of the day, like you said, this kid got to suit up, he was in the locker room with all the big guns. That was probably a real moment for him. Yeah, he got great to skate out there. He got to sit on the bench. He got to see how it all worked. He got paid 500 bucks to do it. And I reckon the coolest bit, you get to keep your jersey. Yeah, man. And you get to, like, even if he never plays at any level higher than college, he can still say that one time that he played for the Knucks. That's pretty mad. And you and I can never say that ever. Yeah, dude, like... He's like he goes to the University of British Columbia. Columbia is likely from that province. At the end of the day, sitting above his mantle, I'm assuming there's going to be a framed Vancouver Canucks jersey with his name on the back of it. Like you said, it doesn't matter if he never does anything else in no. hockey again. You're looking at that going like, right on, what a moment. Like That's making me smile. Yeah, I know. It's a pretty I've got, good story. I've my that's awesome. I know. Very rarely do we get good stories, and we're all about good news. So good on you. We love good it. on you, Matt Hewitt. Good on you. I, I think it's a great story and good on them for, for signing. I mean, the fact is they've got to have a backup and so they've they've gone out and they've 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 seeked, effectively seeked out their own good story just good, just to be good dudes and I reckon that's good. That's really good news. I'm into it, mate. I'm into it. Hey, I'm, tell you what else I'm into. I'm into a little bit of baseless bullshit banter even though most of our baseless bullshit banter winds up being quite baseful and quite useful. Yeah, sometimes. So, like, we've kind of touched on this already. We've only got a small sample size to work with. Teams have only played between three and four games each. But we have seen a week's worth of hockey. Um, why not start? We made some, you know, we made some preseason predictions. I thought this would be as good a time as any to maybe mention the teams we've liked, who haven't we liked, uh, who surprised us in a good way, and who has surprised us in a bad way. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with only a few games played, it's going to be hard to, to really say exactly where we see things, where, the, where we see the, the chips falling in terms of the, the, the wider predictions moving forward. But I guess who we're most interested in um, for, mm. since the last, you know, the last few games have kicked off. Obviously, Detroit's in the mix. I think um, there's a lot of really good things coming out of the East Coast. Um, I think the West Coast um, is looking a little bit weaker than it has in previous seasons, Cam, which is probably a good thing. Um, because we, we people were complaining about parity in the in, with East versus West, so um, maybe it's I, good. I don't know. If it, I don't know if it's weaker. 
But I think the gap between the leaders of the pack and the rest of the pack has closed significantly. Yeah, it's and I mean, I, just... maybe maybe that's what makes it feel like everybody's got more of a fighting chance. Like I think realistically, the worst team in the West Coast at the moment, you'd say, is probably a who, who's the worst team in the West. It, I, I don't even think it's fair saying who's the worst team in the West, but I mean anyone from like a like a Winnipeg and Minnesota and Arizona, a Calgary, all of those dudes could topple a Nashville or a San Jose on their day. Yeah, true. Um, that being said, though, like, but I think the disparity between the bottom three and the top three is, is not huge. I mean, like... Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Look at this way. Like, the Oilers have won three games already. Like, that's unheard of over the last few seasons, you know? Like, I think that even though we're only a week in, like, you know, whatever. Um, but I think there's a lot of good stuff. Like, I mean... Like, the Blackhawks have split their two games. Like, a lot of stuff where people are going, wow, the Hawks obviously lock. Well, dude, maybe not, you know? <laughs> maybe maybe well, things no, are I, changing. I, um, I, I fully agree with you. And, I mean, like, you, you, you've reeled off a couple of teams that you're interested in and you're having fun watching. Um, I'm tuning into each and every Edmonton game, and it's not just because I want to watch Connor McDavid play. And I, I think that's an incredible point as well, like, Connor McDavid is so good that casual hockey fans are tuning in to watch him and non-hockey fans. Like, I work with dudes who are only just getting into hockey through me, essentially, and they're already saying, like, wow, I watched that Connor McDavid kid. That was great. But I'm loving the influence that he's having on the rest of the team, so I'm enjoying watching the team as a whole. Yeah, I think it's just good for hockey at the minute. And, you know, I think having a lot of good superstars who are essentially good dudes at the minute is pretty good for them. Like... Um, I'm, tu- I'm tuning into Winnipeg games because I really want to see how Patrick Wine and Mike Schiefer go. Um, I really want to. I've, I've caught every Nashville game thus far. I'm, I'm you know, interested to see how PK is settling in. Um, the funnest team for me at the moment, and this is going to be a not so humble brag because I called this. Uh, I said the Avalanche are going to become a significantly more interesting and dynamic team once they lose Patrick Ola. And lo and behold, they've become a really, really fun team to watch. They have, and they're actually playing defense this year because I watched the, the them play the Caps today, and, I mean, we shat all over them last year, and they were a dead-set handful today, even though your boy Matt Deshane got lit the fuck up by Dmitry Orlov. Um, oh, but, what a hit. What a... Whoa, whoa, that, that'll, he'll be picking his hair cut off the ground for that one. Um, I but, I mean, like, I, I just think they showed more character today. Like, yeah, definitely. your boys shut them out 3-0 today, but... They showed some resolve and they showed some fight. And given the number of shots that were getting thrown at them as well, they kept their heads up and they didn't let themselves get pushed around. And, and not in a, we're going to try and outfight and out hit you kind of way. They, they stuck to their game. Look, I'm going to um, say, like, I watched that game. The, the Caps yeah. look shit, right? So they could not land yep. a pass for the first two and a half periods. I The only reason why we got up is because Ovi was in the slot right at the right time and he, you know, just happened to peek one through Vami. I mean, it is what it is, but I just, I felt like, even though the scoreline didn't represent it, like, I felt like the Avs had a good crack and they looked more interesting. They were fun to watch. They were like, they were making, they were keeping the caps honest, even though obviously it was a rough game for them in terms of the scoreline. They're more interesting, man. That's It's at least better to watch, Ooh. you know? I loved, I loved what I saw from them um, against Pittsburgh. I thought they showed a lot of muster as well. I think Nathan McKinnon's going to have just an incredible year. 
Um, I, and I kind of feel like it, it, it really does, and I don't, I don't want to overstate this, but I feel like without Patrick in there, um, it does feel like the leaders can actually lead. They're not being berated and beaten down by their coach anymore. It feels like they're in a position where they're being um, empowered and supported, yeah. and I think you can see that on the ice. feels like there's a little bit more trust, and that the guys are obviously, I don't know, maybe they've just, you know, they've shaken it off. They're like, hey, it actually feels not too bad now that, you know, maybe we're actually going to be able to, Maybe they can start believing in themselves a little bit, you know. Maybe there's yeah. a little bit. There's been a few Disney moments in the off season. They're like, actually, it's not so ah. bad. Maybe. Well, I know who you've, I know who you've got a little bit of a chubby for at the moment. The New Jersey Devils. Yeah, like, like I mean, we we spoke about this much earlier in the podcast in terms of how you know saying a team looks better than it did last year is you know kind of a bit of an oxymoron because chances are all the other teams around them have gotten better. Thus, it really means nothing. But I think the Devils are a little bit better this year, so it kind of makes for some decent hockey. Like they've got some good dudes now. I just think what I will say is, whilst I've got a half chub for them, what I will say is, you know, they're just not going to be just not going to be as bad as they were last year. To the point of probably this will be their best season since Parise walked out the door for nothing. I just don't think it's sustainable. And whilst I am, I'm happy that they've started strongly, and I'm happy that you're happy. Um, I don't think a team that's that light on defense can sustain the wins. Like I, they're going to win games because they're going to find ways to score goals, and they're going to they're going to punish other teams who aren't as defensively sound as well. But as fast. I think any any team with a high powered offense is just going to run right through that shoddy excuse for a defense, and they're going to get shown who's boss. So you know um, who I'm looking I, forward to. The, looking... the Devils are doing good things. I just don't think they can sustain it, and we're going to see them fall off the cliff. Oh yeah, totally. But I. But that being said, I think it's going to be more interesting to watch than last year, which was essentially boring for all Devils fans. I you know, I can't wait to see them play another team, which is a, a very similar in... Um, I want to see them play Dallas, and I want to see how that season series turns out because it's going to be an absolute ripper. All right, well, look, this has all been overwhelmingly positive. We've been able to reel off a good 10 to 15 teams who are fun and interesting and we're tuning in to watch them. And it does tie back into the point we made in the last segment where we said you need to expand your viewing. Don't just watch your own team, watch other teams because across the whole league, you're going to get to experience all different kinds of hockey. Um, I want to hear one team from you. Who haven't you liked? Like who, who have you sat down to watch and you haven't liked what you've seen and you're concerned for them? Oh, Columbus. I, I just stopped watching them against Boston. Like it was just terrible. Like, that score they got a 2 nil lead and then they just got torched for six goals. Yeah, that that score and like there were nearly ten goals scored in that game. And let's be honest, it was not looking great. Um, I've got real concerns for Calgary, uh, losing three games on the trot and pulling star goaltender um, for the last two games. Uh, Brian Elliott has been really concerning, not just for fantasy owners, including myself, by the way, but for the team. Like, <laughs> and it but, all makes sense now. Calgary got a, Calgary got a win today, though, dude. Yeah, but like they play Buffalo. Like, I, I just I have a feeling that they're going to have a real rough trot this season, and Brian Elliott will probably not be their number one goaltender by halfway through the season. Who's their backup at the moment? Is it Carter Hutton? I don't even know who their backup is. That's you it's know Carter Hutton. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's Carter Hutton. He did a good job for the Preds, man. So I mean, the security blanket's there if they need it. Um, I can tell you straight up who my biggest concern team is: the LA Kings. Oh yes, of course. I think 
I didn't buy too much into Jonathan Quick going down. I mean, he's on IR. He's going to be out for three to four months. I don't put the same stock in him that a lot of other people do. I know he's a popular goaltender. I don't think he is an elite goaltender. Um, However, you have said this about Crow before. Goalies that they're running with, but I think we underestimated the impact that Marion Gabarik's absence was going to have on those lines. And Which I think with Quick huge. out, and they don't have the defensive depth that they usually had. Um, you know, and we said this at the start of the year, is that they were going to have to rely on being a big, banging, heavy-hitting team that was going to grind out wins. Um, I don't know if they can do it based off what we've seen. Like, they're hitting. They're being a heavy team, but they're not... I don't know. It, it just doesn't... I, I just don't see it working, honestly. Like they're going to need to make some moves because their their top six defenders are not pretty. Um, outside of Dowdy and Muzzin, it's, it's not great. Um, and I don't think they've got the offensive firepower to carry such a weak defense. Yeah, Jake the Snake Muzzin is going to have a rough season. Um, I think it's going to be relying too heavily on those guys. Like You can't just put out um, your boy Drew Dowdy and expect him to play 35 minutes a game. Like That's not a thing. Like they're going to burn them out and they're going to burn them out quick, um, which is going to yeah. be it's going to be really concerning because everyone expects them to do well, um, and everyone they, they included. Well, I think they have an expectation on themselves, and it's 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 going to be it's going to be pretty hard for them to take when it comes to you know playoff time, and they're nowhere near the race. It's it's going to get ugly. Like you're going to have dudes leaving in droves. The fans are obviously going to check out early because it's LA um, like they're already stinking like you know I, I, there's an interesting stat like that I just come across is that they're fifth in penalty minutes already like so it says that they're really struggling to basically do anything um, you know outside of just particularly with keeping their roster oh it's gonna be hard like just I'm just looking through their defense now it's it's not what it used to be. Especially no. with with Quick Down, they've now got to rely on Zatkoff and Bundage, who, let's be honest, are shaky at best. Well, I, w- I want to add one other little wrinkle to this. And we've said that Torts is the most obvious candidate for a coach to get fired. If the Kings go into a total tailspin, is Sutter the first coach to get fired? Ooh. You know, I would be... Have, seeing an LA Kings tire fire tailspin and I guess crash and burn scenario who I'd prefer to see the Hawks do to be perfectly honest but watching it happen to LA could be great for the for all of us though because they could just I guess fire sail it and like they like Toronto did and maybe we could see a whole new LA in a, in a year or so so maybe it's a good thing uh, I don't rate it I've got a soft spot for the Kings I don't want to see him fail <laughs> yeah, but everyone else does. <laughs> I've always liked their jerseys. Oh yeah, as, as a young star. Well, yeah, of course, it's, it's so the jersey. I love how they've kept the Raiders style as well, the Raiders colorway. Yeah, which is great. Hey, um, I want to move on to something else, and I guess this probably falls under the category of our weekly waffle kind of segment because it is a little bit of a, you know, there's a hypothetical, there's a little bit of speculation going on here, but let's roll with it. Yeah. Um, with Jack Eichel being felled by his injury, as we've already said, it kind of feels like these, the storylines in the NHL is changing. So last year, it was Conor McDavid versus Jack Eichel going toe-to-toe, picks one and two. 
And then yeah. this year it was Austin Matthews and Patrick Laine going toe-to-toe, picks one and two. With Eichel going down and with Austin Matthews having such a hot start, it kind of feels like the way things are being viewed publicly now, it's very much generational talent one, Connor McDavid, versus generational talent two, Austin Matthews. One's Canadian, one's American. It kind of feels like the storyline's starting to move more from a um, pick one versus pick two to where it, it's going to grow to this big, is this the next generation of Canadian versus American thing? Like, you know how you had Sid versus Obi, which was Canada v. Russia, right? Yeah, no, that's a good story. And I, I, I think you're right. Um, I think Canada's yeah. needed someone to, you know, really get behind. Uh, even, I mean, he's playing for a Canadian team. It's, it's, it's all good, man. And I think it's... It, I mean, with both of them playing for Canadian teams, it just gives Canadians more things to care about. Um, because, I mean, I, I read recently that, you know, the overall NHL ratings have been going down and had a steady decline over the last few years. So this could be... But they're back up this year. Exactly. This could be exactly what they need. So... Well, I think the thing is the, the Oilers and the Leafs being good teams is good for hockey in general. Like, they're classic clubs. People want to see it. But I just think the storylines are going to work out so incredibly well that in two years, you've got a resurgent slash surging Edmonton Oilers outfit led by generational Canadian talent Connor McDavid versus a surging young, you know, uh, offensively talented Leafs outfit led by American Austin Matthews. Like, that could result in some red-hot... playoff series and some Stanley Cup, you know, combat situations that could result in some fantastic uh, Olympic clashes that could be World Cup challenges. Like, it, it, it's potentially giving us, um, you know, the fans, the media, whoever, um, years worth of ammunition to, to reload those fucking cannons and put together a crazy, interesting, really fun to watch Canada v. American storyline. Yeah, I agree. And I just think it's just good having two Canadian teams that are actually interesting to watch as opposed to for the last three to four years where all of them have been shit. I think it's excellent to see at least some interesting play, some interesting dudes uh, actually playing for Canadian teams. And it's going to bring back your casual fans, your casual Leafs fans, your casual Oilers fans who are like, hey, I remember when Gretzky was playing for us. It was pretty unreal. Um, so I'm sure they're still alive. So I'm sure that they're going to be like, well, it's going to be actually interesting to watch hockey again because I only care about Canadian teams. And for the last five to 10 years, they've all been pretty horrible. So I think it's just a good thing in general, Cameron. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's, you know, going to lead to anything too soon, but I think in the next few years, you're definitely going to be seeing Leafs and Oilers well in the mix. I reckon USA Hockey must be rubbing their grubby little mitts together at the moment because they'll be sitting there, A, chuckling, going, ha-ha, it took an American to save the Leafs, which yeah. is very, very funny. But I think, you know, if we're sitting here picking up on these brewing future storylines, so are they. And those are the dudes that are sitting there thinking, wow, next time there's a World Cup tournament, we could have Austin Matthews centering Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, it's um, just going to be stupid. You know, that kind of shit. Like, it's going to be really... Dude... Next time there's a global tournament, you could have a top line of Gaudreau, Matthews, and Patrick Kane. Yeah, so what we're talking here is we're talking PlayStation team versus Xbox team. We're talking... Yeah. It's it's going crazy. So we're talking everyone's fantasy lineup versus everyone else's fantasy lineup. And it's it's, those storylines of, you know, it's not going to be this guy versus this guy. It's going to be these four dudes versus these 
other four dudes. And it's, it, I think that's, that's, it's, I think it's the next step that hockey's needed. Like, I feel like it's just a PR field day. Like, why they aren't on this now is out of control. Like, get on it, PR. Where are you? What are you doing? You want to hear something else interesting? Two games into his pro career, Austin Matthews has a top selling jersey through Fanatics. Oh, I need to know where the PR, where, who, who are NHL's PR? Like, what are they doing? Why aren't they running that shit off the presses and having him every week? You know what? I don't know if that's a fair statement because I think they probably are. We just don't hear it down here in Australia. Dare I say, though, if you live in Canada or if you live in a hockey market in North America, you are probably being very aggressively beaten over the head with Austin Matthews and Conor McDavid mania. That's good. That's great news. I, I, I guess I you're right. I'm, we're I'm we're probably too far it. removed, Cameron. We're probably too far removed. You, you make a good point. That being said, though, I think over the next two years, I think it's going to be like high time for Canadian hockey. And you know what? It's about time. They've, they've been down in the dumps for a little while. And, you know, we've all got a traditional soft spot for them. So that's good, man. That's really good. You know what it's about time for? The NFL and the MLB have sent exhibition games down here. It's about time the NHL sent a game down here. That's what it's time for. Yeah, I'll go. Hey, um, before we move on to our final segment for the evening, our awards show, I did want to do a really quick fantasy shout-out. Didn't want to go into anything in too much detail because we are going to be releasing the first fantasy blog and update of the season tomorrow on our website. What I did want to say, though, is that my Built for Grit team, which was mocked by John and everybody else in the last fortnight, is currently whooping my opponent, 9-3, to who has the, quote, number one projected team on Yahoo. So my Built for Grit team is fucking mad. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> and actually, surprisingly, it's doing really well. So I think... And what's my team called, John? What is your team called? Oh, my God. Uh, the, the Whip and McDayday's. Oh. With an awesome Photoshop of Connor McDayday in the Whip and Dayday clip. Yeah, that's true. Although I feel like mine's pretty good. Big Trouble in Little Buffalo, and I've got a Photoshop of over over Kurt Russell's head of a, a Buffalo Sabres jersey and Patrick Kane's head. I feel like that's pretty good. That's pretty good, actually. I'm into that. I'm about that. But look, that was basically <laughs> just a chance for me to fit a not so humble brag in there that my. Uh, my, my gritty under the radar bunch of goons is doing really well. So, uh, yeah, you can all kiss my ass. Yeah. And to, I will say, though, slight humble brag. I spent about three to four minutes on my, my avatar, and it's it's pretty unreal. It, it is pretty good. It is pretty good. You know what else is good, though? We're moving into the home stretch of tonight's show. It's the Holy Puck Awards, the first of the season. We love giving out these awards. We do. For, I mean, I don't even know why. Like, it takes a really long time. You know what? I really need to do the... Uh, I really need to get back on the Steve Ott Dog Act of the Week award. I feel like that's my favorite. It's my favorite award of all time, and it has been my favorite award since we started it. But uh, who yep. can go past the Jumbo Joe, Jumbo Legend? Well, I'll, I shall lead off with the Jumbo Joe then. The obvious money for this week would be on Austin Matthews. Obviously, he had four goals on his debut, in which the Leafs did leave things, and they still found a way to lose, which is hilarious. However... <laughs> we're taking a different round, and we're going to give this week's Jumbo Legend of the Week award to Patrick Laine. Um, After his first game, where he scored a goal and an assist, he had a press conference, and he was asked on his thoughts about the Matthews four-goal effort, and he responded saying, the only points I care about are two points, the two points that you get for the win. So, huge berries, absolute onion hanger, absolute burn. 
Very good, Patrick Wayne. I like your semi-arrogant, cocky brand of press conferencing. Get around it. Yeah, and I feel like just dropping the, hey, Austin Matthews, welcome to Canadian hockey. You still for, still you scored four goals, but you still lost. Soz, man. Yeah, it's pretty Yeah, I, I really rate that. I really rate that. Now, John, <laughs> this one here's for you. This is the uh, the Johnny Boycheck bone cruncher of the week, and I'm giving it to you because it was your boy. It was my boy, and I've been big on, I've been high on Dimitri Orlov for a while, and uh, he took, he. I, I feel like Matt Duchesne copped a stinker, like it was an absolute 10 out of 10 hip check. My boy, Matt Duchesne, was, did not have his head up, and he got flipped the full 180 onto the on, on his ass on the ice. To his credit, stood up and kept going. So kudos, Dimitri Orlov, you fucking legend for dropping out, dropping out probably the best hit of the year um, in the second game of the year. So that's pretty yeah, good news. Straight, straight up, that could be the best hit of 2016, 2017 in the first week. It was probably the top five most impressive hip checks I've seen in the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon that and the one that... Fuck, who was it? I think the one that Sean Thornton did on Steve Ott a few years ago was also pretty good. Of course it was. It was my boy, Sean Thornton. <laughs> yeah, but that was a few years ago now. But I think over the last three seasons, that's probably the best one I've seen in quite a while. True. So... Now, lastly, and certainly not least, the Steve Ott Dog of the Week. This is one that's upset me in particular. Um, and the Dog <laughs> of the Week is the Las Vegas yet-to-be-named franchise because... <laughs> They gave General Fanager founder and operator Tom Paraska a job. So by appointing Paraska as the team's operations analyst, they robbed me, the fan, of my most useful salary cap and numbers crunching website, you bastards. Now look. I'm <laughs> that being this, said, I'm, I feel like it's a fairly forward thinking and genius stroke for them having a brand new team and then hiring the number one stats guru in the NHL world. Look, I'm clearly stoked that Tom landed a gig. But because dirty he's obviously a very talented individual. And I'd also like to say, I tweeted at him once, saying, hey, man, I love the website. Keep up the good work. And he actually took the time to reply and said, right on, man. Appreciate the interest. So I'm legitimately stoked that he got the job because he deserves to be rewarded for his efforts. But I'm a selfish piece of shit. And that means Las Vegas hockey has robbed me of my best analytics tool. So thanks, guys. Yeah, I mean, you're mainly just upset because you're going to have to just make stupid trades now while you're on the toilet as opposed to reading General Fanager and actually looking through how much salary cap or, like, you know, the Leafs have left so you can loll at it. Um, that's, that's seriously it. That website's provided me with so many laughs over the last few months, and I've done way too many um, Vegas mock drafts on there, like the, more than I care to admit. So I'm legitimately happy for you, Tom, but to Las Vegas Hockey, you are the Steve Hart Dog of the Week. Yeah. I mean, I've used that website heaps, and I, they're one of the, the very few people that I actually follow and tweet at, uh, which is pretty cool. I mean, I really like them. Uh, everyone should be on that tool, like, holy hell. Um, in the few months that we have left. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how long that site's going to stay up for, man. Like, if That's he, what I mean. He could, be off for, he, he could be off in the next couple of days. I know, and that's we get on it. Like, get on it while you can. I mean, there are other websites, but that one is easily the best. Easily, yep. easily the best. Yeah. All right, well, John. Guess what, man? That brings us to the end. Holy shit! We've talked for an hour again. Oh, holy shit! Don't you mean holy punk? Oh, I do. Well, that's it, man. For those of you who care to listen, 
uh, and continue to show support, we thank you. Uh, make sure you hit us on our on our socials, on the gram, Twitter, Facebook. We're at Holy Podcasted across all of those pieces. Um, we have the website, holyparkpodcast.com, which is where Cam posts all of his legendary posts. Um, is where we keep all of our podcasts. Obviously, you can hit us on SoundCloud. Don't forget the Cheapskate Hockey guys. They're killing it, and they obviously sponsor the show, so keep up the good work there. Yeah, boys. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it. If uh, if you could do us a favor and rate us on iTunes, that would be lovely. Uh, we're get, getting very close to uh, breaking the top 10 in, in uh, hockey podcasts, so thank you all for your support. Yeah. We really that, appreciate that is, it. That is actually ridiculous, and I did want to mention that really quickly. We're currently sitting as the number 11 hockey podcast on iTunes. How? We're Australian. Um, the, more, the more positive reviews we get, uh, the more that is going to continue to push us up the rankings, and if more and more people are interested, we can do more and more shows. Um, we're not asking for you to do anything other than be polite for 30 seconds. If you could do that, that would be fantastic. Yeah, man. We appreciate everyone's support, so thank you. Uh, big thanks to the fans. And plus, most, most, of, most of my family thinks I'm a loser if I could rock up to Christmas lunch this year and say, you know what? I'm in the top 10 hockey podcasts on iTunes. They will still think I'm a loser, but I'll know I'm awesome. Yeah, you at least know that you're a little bit better than them. Exactly right. Yeah, man. So we'll be back here same time next week. Uh, or as close to as we can because we have real lives and uh, we got to pay for this shit. Uh, well, guess what, John? Next week we're actually going to have a guest. We've got uh, a representative from the Perth uh, Perth Thunder organisation, one of the few, and by few I mean the only member of an Australian hockey club who took the time to get back to us and say, hey, I like your show, we should get involved. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's bizarre. I assumed that everyone hated us. So kudos to everyone. Um, and kudos to those of you who have left us any any reviews or those of you who continue listening or those of you who think we're stupid and comment at us because that's super, super cool because we love the conversation and Cam likes to argue with people. So keep fueling the fire. Do it. Done. All right. So that's episode 30. John, it's been a pleasure as always. I'll nice see you soon. Done. All right, man. I'll see you later. Sorry. Sorry.